Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Dylan Ryan and we were already here earlier in the week but now we're back because two times of fun this week yes and it, I mean it's draft season there's plenty to talk about things are going to change daily news is going to come out daily um, but also there's just so many draft people out there that I think the more opinions we get the more knowledgeable we'll be on this and the more it, it's exciting it's an exciting time it's one of we've mentioned it already that it's the biggest offseason the Chicago Bears have had in a really long time, if not ever. I mean, at least in our lifetimes. Yeah, because, I mean, we have never had a court. We've never had somebody who people truly thought was the franchise quarterback for a long time. This is the first time, especially, that we've experienced this. And as much as I love Jay Cutler, I knew that wasn't the answer for 10, 15 years. You know, yeah. like, I, I knew Jay was... Jay could make it happen for the time that he was there and or make as much as he could happen. But there's a difference in when you have a young guy like Justin Fields who can do everything. And you have that right now. You have year th- going into year three now and you can literally make your team surrounded by what Justin Fields and does. And one of the crazy thing is like there's a lot of people out there who still think we don't have a quarterback. Yeah. You know? It's just so wild. And yeah. that's what we talked last the last episode, Dylan, about the, you know, trade Justin Fields for Bryce Young. Um, and that's going to be a topic for a while because the the bottom line is there's two things. Number one, you can't say that Ryan Poles isn't thinking about it at all because he does have to truly evaluate Justin Fields and he's going to do that. Um, and then he's going to have to see what Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have. Do I think that's going to push this aside? No, but it would be not smart of a GM to completely ignore that factor um, just because he did not draft Justin either. Yeah, and, he's not his guy. Yeah, and I think he he's his guy yeah. in the aspect of he's I truly believe he thinks yeah. that Justin Fields is it. But to not even like have a slightly like slightly consider what other possibilities there are is not very smart. As a GM, you have to look at everything. So Ryan Poles will look at everything. I truly believe that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to say we have our quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be hearing the quarterback stuff until they trade the pick. Yes. Like, it's going to be someone wants to get a headline, someone wants to get a story. And, like, we were talking about it right before we started. Like, the new big headline is, like, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. is he leaving Baltimore? Like, should the Be- should the Bears trade Lamar? Just tra- trade straight Justin up. for Lamar yeah. and then pick someone with the first pick. Yeah, like, stop. No, I like, hate that one too. It's so stupid because like I think the I think Lamar Jackson is in a more elusive runner than mm-hmm. Justin Fields, and he might be a little bit faster. But I think that Justin is at similar level to to Lamar. Yeah, and I think his ceiling for being a passer is way higher than yeah. Lamar's. So like I just don't get that logic at all. I agree, and I think we've seen a a decent amount of Lamar. When did Lamar was out? Twenty seventeen, right? 
Where was he 2018? Well, he was, he was same year as Baker and all those Because he was after so, Mitch, the yeah, year after Mitch yeah, got yeah. drafted. So 2018, so 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So we just had f- year five of Lamar Jackson, and that's why they're also talking about contracts. But it's like in my head, you he, the, the team he's on hasn't even fully committed to Lamar Jackson, and you're asking us to trade our young quarterback for somebody who their t- own team can't even decide on at this moment. And look, I think Lamar is really, he's fun. He's like, he's really fun to watch. And obviously he's good. Um, and I, I could say great, but I also feel like he there hasn't been much proven. I mean, there hasn't been like a huge playoff run with Lamar Jackson that I've seen. You know? uh, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, like I very much agree with all that you're saying. And like I would say the one thing I will say for him is he's never really had a true number one receiver. Yeah. He's had Mark Andrews. And like yeah. it's a very good thing to have. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like not having that athletic dynamic guy out well, there. Well, he had Hollywood. But is Hollywood a number one? I would say yeah. No, he's not. I think no. he is. No, no I think no. Hollywood is. Um, I disagree. I mean, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. But like I, he's like. Hollywood's he's small and fast. Like that's yeah. not you know like at the end of but the day. But like, so is Tyreek. Yeah, he's but he's Tyreek Hill. Like it's it's yeah. a difference. Like yeah. he's yeah, he's Tyreek Hill. He's the guy. Yeah. But like I, most of the time in the NFL, if you're a number one receiver, you're six foot plus and like you can make big plays. And yeah. like Hollywood Brown can make big plays. But like if you're under five feet or under six feet tall, you're probably not gonna be number one. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think we we've, we've seen successful number ones under six foot. I think the you want that like Ideally, you want yeah. a six one six two plus wide receiver, obviously because it helps when they're battling the corners. But I do I think Hollywood has the potential to be a number one. But anyways, I, so I I just think that we're going to hear a lot of these different theories. We're going to hear the constant of does Chicago Bears have their quarterback? And like you said. Until they trade. So once that happens, that storyline's dead. Yeah. And then it's going to shift massively to, okay, now, because by that time, obviously, you'll know who also. If it's the Colts, it's going to be, all right, is it Will Anderson? Is it Jalen Carter? If it's a little deeper, then you're having a little bit different of conversations. So that's going to be the path of this. And I would say, like, the even crazier thing is, like, I think this is pretty unlikely, but, like, let's just say the Texans are, like, you know what, like, we want our guy no matter what. Let's go up to one. Like, we're still talking about trading down some more after that, I'd say. So, like, it's very interesting to see where these things go. And that is what will be really crazy if it ends up being the Texans because then who are the Colts going to call us at that point to make sure that they have that next guy? Are the Panthers going to call? Um, Are somebody like the Raiders going to call? Uh, so there's a, there's so many possibilities this offseason, but we are still going to have the is Justin Fields the guy topic until we know we're not the number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we're going to continue draft talk. We talked to Joe Marina. He's the co-founder of the Draft Network. The Draft Network is great. I mean, they if you literally when you log on to their page, the first thing you see is their kind of rankings and obviously they kind of adjust like throughout the season and then throughout the off season you'll see them kind of switch around um right now their top 10 prospects and they do it obviously i mean just overall top yeah, 10 it's more prospects. Of a big board than it is like a mock draft yes um so they have will anderson at one Jalen Carter at two, Bajon Robinson running back out of Texas at three, Miles Murphy edge out of Clemson at four, Tyree Wilson edged out of Texas Tech at five, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback of Oregon, who Joe is a fan of, and he says to expect this guy to get start getting a lot more attention in this offseason. So that'll be fun to kind of keep an eye on. Um, corner is not a position I think we would draft in the I, that's first the one round. That's the I one thing, thing on defense we don't need. Yeah. Um, number seven, he has Bryce Young. Number eight, he has C.J. Stroud. Number nine, he has Brian Breeze. 
Breezy, is that how you say it? Uh, breezy, something like that, yeah. Um, an interior defensive lineman for, out of Clemson. And then Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, they have as 10, uh, which obviously we know that's another Notre Dame tight end because they just pump those guys out. But um, so if you go, it's great. They have podcasts, they have articles, they have all this stuff, anything you want to know about the draft. It's very up to date. And um, Joe's one of the co-founders of there. So obviously when I reached out, he was super excited to come talk about the first overall pick with the Bears. So we'll go ahead and get into that interview and then just recap it a little bit and talk about what he thinks. All right, now we are joined by Joe Marino. He's the co-founder of The Draft Network, and you can go to thedraftnetwork.com to read all of that good stuff. If you are in the draft season, some people are looking at playoffs also, like you, Joe. You are a Bills fan and cover the Bills also, so you are living in the draft world and in the playoff world, as are we, because we also work for the flagship of the Jaguars, which they're in the divisional round playoffs. So we have two very different mindsets right now, as do you. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an area that I always have one toe dipped in the draft water at all times, no matter what's going on, even if it's May or June. So we like talking draft anytime, and of course, you know, it's also fun to keep an eye on what's going on with the NFL playoffs. Well, there you go. Joe, I think uh, probably the biggest storyline right now, aside from Lovey Smith winning that football game for the Texans or helping the Texans win that football game going for two and giving the Bears the number one overall pick is probably all of the lovely recommendations that everyone has around the country of what the Bears could potentially do. Um, The most recent one I saw is just a straight-up trade for Lamar Jackson and send Justin Fields to the Ravens. So we're seeing a lot of interesting things, but obviously one of them has also been the trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback. And what are your thoughts about that when you hear uh, anybody say that they should trade Justin and try to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Yeah, if I were the Chicago Bears, I'd be very interested in keeping Justin Fields and building around him and using this opportunity to have the number one overall pick to really maximize my opportunity to potentially trade down, get a bunch of additional draft capital, we all know the Chicago Bears have, you know, the most cap space in the NFL entering this offseason, over $100 million. And so I would get really excited about having Justin Fields, having a significant influx of veteran talent that you should be able to acquire with that cap space, and then also complementing that with a ton of uh, young players that you can get through this draft. The Bears already have a good amount of draft capital, but could be staring at even more with a move down the board and, I think there's going to be plenty of teams that are interested in moving up. And so if I'm Chicago, I'm building around Justin Fields. I think he gives you a really dynamic skill set. Obviously, the running ability stands out with how good of a season he had, obviously, on a historic pace this year uh, with that size. But also, you know, this guy can throw the football. Let's not lose sight of that. Uh, one of my favorite things about him at Ohio State was the accuracy to all levels of the field. And I think that as the offense stabilizes around him, as he's able to really dive into this Luke Getze offensive system, I think you'll see that part of his game unlock. So if I'm Chicago, it's all about Justin Fields and building around him with these significant assets that you have at your disposal. So obviously right now the talk of the town is who will we trading the pick to, when are we trading the pick, you know, all these things. It seems it's almost like a given at this point it's going to get traded. I hope it gets traded. That's kind of what my fingers are crossed at this point. Who do you think is the most likely candidate to trade up, and who is a team that you think probably isn't getting as much discussion right now, but probably could trade up at some point? Well, I think the first question Chicago has to ask themselves when it comes to trading back is, how far are you willing to go? 
Um, and that obviously opens up or closes a lot of possibilities because maybe they want to move back but not move so far back that they're out of the running for one of those blue-chip defensive linemen. So I think that's uh, obviously the, the question the Bears will have to answer. But, you know, you look at Carolina, who's picking at number nine, who has really flubbed the quarterback position for a number of years now, have invested a lot to not have it right at this point. And then that also includes not participating in the NFL draft. Uh, some of these uh, quarterback classes in recent years that they chose to pick J.C. Horn and Derek Brown over. Now, those are good defensive players, but they're not quarterbacks. And so I think Carolina has a team that feels like they have to get it right at number nine. They look like a very obvious trade-up spot. And then you look at Indianapolis at number four, another situation where they went with uh, some veterans in recent years, whether it was Phillip Rivers or Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan. You know, that's a team that has been very cautious on pulling the trigger on a quarterback. feels like that needs to change because they keep getting it wrong. And so those two teams really stand out as, as the ideal places to move back to. I think a dark horse could be the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders obviously made it very clear they're moving on from Derek Carr. Well, what's your plan? And, uh, you know, I don't know if your plan could be Tom Brady, but, uh, you know, you think about uh, this this regime in, in Vegas, uh, Ziegler and, and McDaniels, you know, those guys go back a long way, uh, you know, kind of came up together. And, you know, my understanding is they, I think they were friends dating back to, like, their younger years. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure they want to build something sustainable and um, that could come in the form of going and getting a quarterback. So I think there's options. That's a good news for Chicago, and I think it really comes back to how far they're willing to go down the board. Yeah, I think something else that's really interesting for the Bears to look at is the fact that you have the Texans, who are at number two, who need a quarterback, and they are the AFC South. And you also have the Colts at four, who are in the AFC South and need a quarterback. Do you think you could see the Bears potentially trying to like pit those two division rivals against each other, get even more out of a potential package than they would have before? Oh, absolutely. And And – you know, one thing to keep in mind for this entire conversation as some of this conversation has shifted to, well, maybe the Bears should just there and draft Bryce Young or Will Levis or insert whatever quarterback. If I'm Chicago, of course I'm going to get that messaging out there. I don't want anybody to believe that I, I, I'm not interested in drafting that player because if not, then Houston just sits there and gets their pick of the, you know, the, pick mm-hmm. of the litter if they can't get a trade. So, you know, I, I, I would be very mindful of the messaging that's being out there. It's out there for a reason. And so, of course, the Bears should be putting some mixed signals out there about you know, their potential interest of, of uh, picking a quarterback and staying there at number one. That's all a leverage play. So let's also keep that in mind uh, as we navigate through the – the next few months, which I'm sure in your world is going to be very, very crazy. Yeah, it was funny in uh, Ryan Poles' end-of-season press conference. They asked him about Justin Fields, and he's like, oh, yeah, like I love Justin. He's an awesome quarterback, but like he needs to get a little bit better at throwing the ball. So it's just like, but, oh, I wonder why he mentioned that. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, you know. Just the, get it in their heads a little yeah, bit. Ma- That's maybe he's going to trade Justin Fields. Maybe they're going <laughs> to draft a quarterback. You know, he never knows. Well, Joe, obviously, I think the ideal scenario for most Bears fans at this moment is to trade with the Colts because at that number four, they believe they can still get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I noticed on the draftnetwork.com they have Will Anderson in the top 10 prospects, Will Anderson at one and Jalen at two. How far of a gap are those two players, or do you think they're pretty even? I don't think there's that big of a gap, really. Um I think where you would maybe obviously there's a there's their people they're human beings right yeah. so you're going to want to get to know them and and which is the right fit right uh, and, and maybe you're going to like the character make up them more or the other I think what it really comes down to maybe the valuation of the interior player versus the edge player and 
I've, I've seen this different from team to team. There are some teams that don't believe in drafting into your defensive linemen in the first round, right? That, that, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So if there's a positional value that, you know, Ryan Poles and Matt Everflus have on interior versus outside players, you know, that's obviously going to shape that decision very, very much. But I think in a vacuum, Jalen Carter as an interior defensive lineman, Will Anderson as an edge player, I'm sure there's a whole lot that separates them. I think you could talk yourself into either one, and then really that coming back to the people side of it, and then, of course, your, your, where you put the premium on position value. Yeah, and I think that it, I, I like both of them. I, I'm personally leaning a little towards Will, but that could be taken if at that four spot. So, But I'm not one of the people that would be tremendously upset if it's Jalen Carter because I think he's an absolute stud of an athlete. But if the Bears end up, let's say it's one of those other landing spots that you mentioned with Carolina or the Raiders, which is at the seven or nine pick, um, where do you see the Bears going with that? I'm seeing the na- uh, the running back out of Texas now, Robinson. I'm seeing his name float around a lot as that potential, especially with questions with David Montgomery of what him probably going to be gone. Do you think that's a move, or would they should they go a different route? Well, Bijan Robinson. I think if you if you get if you throw positional value out of the equation, I don't I don't think you could stack up players without Bijan Robinson being one of the best five. I mean. He's that good of a running back prospect, but he is a running back. And for a team like Chicago that it feels like you have a lot of needs, it, it, would, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me to go in that direction uh, because I'd be looking for premium talent at premium positions, which I think they'll still be able to get even if they do move back as far as nine to where Carolina's at. I think if Chicago does move back to nine, I still think they're in really good shape. Uh, when it comes to getting a blue-chip defensive lineman, I think there's going to be options, whether that's Miles Murphy from Clemson, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. I think one of those players could still be around. But also that allows you to find some value on the offensive side of football, particularly that offensive line, where you could be in that running for Paris Johnson, the left tackle from Ohio State. And I know mm-hmm. Braxton Jones had a really good season, but you, know, you could certainly mix guys around and get your best five on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also think about uh, Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, a local park that I, I know a lot of people are familiar with that could play inside or outside, and even Broderick Jones from Georgia. So I think moving back to nine, obviously you're not going to get Carter or Anderson, but you're still going to get a good player at a position of need, and then it's what you're also getting in addition to that with the capital that you're going to get from moving so far back down the board. I mean, you go back to nine from one, you're talking multiple first-round picks in the future years, day two picks, maybe meaningful talent. So you have to think about that in terms of, okay, do we want just Will Anderson or or Jalen Carter, or do we like Harris Johnson plus a future first-round, you know, all the other things that come with it. I think there's a lot to consider. So we're now like right at the beginning of draft season. Obviously, you guys don't really get started fully until the playoffs end and the combine gets going. But every single year, without a doubt, once the football stops being played, you see a certain player, whether it's through the combine, whether it's just through whatever it is, rises all the way up draft boards. It was really extreme last year with a guy like Trayvon Walker, with who at the end of the uh, college season last year was like, it was like a 20 mid-teens pick, ends up going number one. Is there anyone you could see having a really drastic rise uh, through the draft process? Well, I, we certainly identify Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, as one of the, the top ten players in this class, but I don't know if that's widely understood at this point. Um, but I think as more people get familiar with his film, as he goes to the combine and absolutely blows it up, I could see a pretty meteoric rise here. You know, I think 
stature-wise very similar to a Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, who just went very top five to the Jets. And, you know, Gonzalez has that same stature, real, really quick feet, really loose hips. The ball skills really came along this year. He transferred from Colorado, and this is his one season at Oregon. And I think that's a player that as more people get familiar with him, you know, he'll rise up and, and really – potentially have a case to be the first cornerback drafted. Yeah, as someone who's been all over all the mock drafts for all of the reasons, I've seen Christian Gonzalez is rising up quite a bit, so I definitely have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, Joe, so uh, a couple more for you before we let you go. Uh, obviously, the Bears have a ton of holes. A lot of those happen to be on both lines, offensive line, defensive line, and obviously that wide receiver position. What is there a specific position group in this draft that you think is a little deeper than maybe another one? Yeah, I, I think very clearly the two deepest position groups in this class are cornerback and edge rusher. And I think, you know, if I look at our, our top 100 on uh, over at the draftnetwork.com right now, I think we have like 17 edge rushers and 14 cornerbacks ranked in the top 100. I mean, this, wow. this is a loaded situation um, when it comes to both of those position groups. I mean, I, I'm not a math guy. What's that, 30? That's a third of the yeah. uh, of the top 100 being those two positions. So I think if you're really looking to, to find the best mix of blue-chip talent into really good, strong depth in the first three rounds, those are the two position groups that really pop for us. Well, as, well I was going to say, as a team that averaged 1.2 sacks a game last yeah, year, I think... the edge position definitely would Very help. important. I, I don't see the Bears going too heavy on the secondary just because that's what they did last year, and I think they are pretty mm-hmm. confident in Kyler and Jalen Johnson and Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson, um, and even beyond that, Jalen Jones and stuff like that. So I don't see them going too heavy, but with a deep depth, that helps because you could get a later round guy that maybe can make a little bit of impact or help a little bit. Um, do you see anybody surprising taking a quarterback? The, there's a certain, there's a few situations to me that seem they're, they're fascinating. Seattle to me, does Seattle just ride with Geno? Yeah, I, I like that you brought up uh, Seattle there, Taylor, because I think they probably should bring back Geno, but I think maybe just on a a franchise tag type situation. I mm-hmm. think you, uh, you're you living dangerously, I think, if you commit to him kind of long-term and uh, stay that course. I, obviously, a, a great season, but I think there's a glass ceiling there. I don't know that you're going to go win Super Bowls with Geno Smith. Um, and, uh, you know, getting a young player um, would make a lot of sense for Seattle, who does need a long-term direction there. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that's Geno Smith personally. So I think Seattle is, is definitely in that conversation. I mean, I'm not ruling out Atlanta. I mean, does Desmond Ritter prevent you from participating in these quarterbacks class? If you like a C.J. Stroud or, you know, Anthony Richardson from Florida, I, I, I think they're absolutely in the conversation. And so when you look at this top ten, uh, I mean, Houston, Indy, Seattle, why should we dismiss Detroit? I mean, I feel like golf had a good year, but I'm not ruling it out if they love one of these guys. Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, I mean, that's that's more than half the top ten you feel like is needing a quarterback. Now, look, the, 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 the veteran component, the trades, the free agents that will become available, that'll solidify a lot mm-hmm. of that, right? We're, we're having this conversation, you know, we're still in the playoffs. So yeah. that's going to sort itself out in a lot of ways. But as we look at this landscape right now, yeah, the destinations are, are abounding at this point. Yeah, it's really interesting. Is there any way you could see a team like the Commanders trying to come up from 16? Obviously, I don't know if they get all the way up to one, but I feel like Sam Howell, he's been, he was had a nice last game, but I feel like I wouldn't say he's the guy going forward for them. 
Yeah, I think that's very similar to the conversation we just had about Atlanta, where Desmond Ritter had some late-season flashes. But my goodness, is is uh, Desmond Ritter, who was a you know day two pick, or Sam Howell was a fifth round pick? Those guys can't prevent you from picking and going after a quarterback that you believe in in the first round, right? I mean, if you believe in a guy, that means a lot, right? And and I think that's something we have to acknowledge is just because there's you know, these four different names, uh, Will Levis from Kentucky, Bryce Young, Alabama, uh, Anthony Richardson from from Florida, and C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. That doesn't mean that every team likes those players, right? So, um, you know, who who falls in love with who is really going to play a big role in, in how this all shakes out? But, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you do believe in one of those guys and you're lukewarm on your young mid-round draft pick, you got to go get your guy. And I, I think that's a proven – a strategy throughout the NFL that is working for teams. And so I, I, you got to go get your quarterback if you believe in one. Yeah, I think a team that I think is going to be really interesting to see what they do this offseason is going to be the Bucks, And they're a team that I they're, I don't think Tom Brady is going to be back there next year. They just got rid of Byron Leftwich. The way he's been talking, it doesn't necessarily seem like things have been going super positive. And their offensive line just hasn't been what it needs to be for him to be able to support them. And they also have a lot of aging receivers that they probably don't want to keep if they don't have a quarterback going forward. Can you see that team like them trying to maybe move up? You know, the Bucks are, are an interesting team in, in transition for sure. Um, not only is it Tom Brady, they have a lot of meaningful contracts that are coming off the books, and mm-hmm. you kind of wonder, you know, does Todd Bowles, is he really the coach that's going to get the, the Bucks back to uh, winning consistently? I know they won the division, but, I mean, they're 8-9. and nine. They weren't competitive in the playoffs. We all know how that, that – the reality of that situation. So I think Tampa's got some hard questions that they have to ask themselves um, about their direction. And, and to me – the one of the worst things you can do as a franchise is, you know, be mediocre and try to put band-aids on to stay mediocre, right? I think you you either have to to really go in or you got to kind of tear it down so that you can build it back up. And I think Tampa needs to to assess where they're at. And um, if I was a Bucks fan, I wouldn't be interested in a bunch of band-aids. Yeah, as a, I, I would want them to, we know what to band- really tear it down and build it back up. So. Yeah, as a lifelong Bears fan, we, we are know well aware band- of band-aids <laughs> yeah. and trying to stay yeah. mediocre we when had you should a, be mediocre. We had a Mike Glennon band-aid, a Nick Foles band-aid, a uh, Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say Jay Cutler as well, but Taylor doesn't agree with me on no, that. No, Jay was the thing. man. Okay. Um, anyway, so Joe, I just wanted to say thanks for joining us. Obviously, this is probably... The most important offseason the Bears have had in a really long time. So thanks for kicking it off with us. And I look forward to seeing more work. You guys can find Joe at on, on Twitter at the Joe Marino or on the Draft Network. And obviously, uh, I Joe, I did pick in my preseason on helmets and heels, uh, Bills over Eagles in the Super Bowl. So I'm still I'm okay. still I'm still hanging on to that one. Well, who did you have as the winner? Because I had Bills. Okay, yeah. well, from your lips to God's ears, all right? <laughs> so, but, Joe, I got to wonder, though, if, if we get a Super Bowl win, are you jumping through a table? You know, listen, I hate to be like the, the guy that tosses a wet blanket over that. But okay, like, yeah. I think it's – I am just not a table-jumping kind of guy. I think <laughs> oh. it's a uh, really silly, really silly dynamic of Bill's Mafia. Oh, yeah, but it's great. We love to watch it, so. Yeah, it keeps us entertained. We well, do, we do. It's just <laughs> not going to be me jumping in through the table. So. All right, well, thanks, Joe, so much. Uh, you have a good rest of your day. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Thanks to Joe. Um, I know he is. So he's a Bills fan because he also does a podcast called Locked on Bills. And um, which I, I'd said in the podcast, I had Bills, Eagles in the preseason and the Super Bowl. But if the Jags beat Kansas City this week, I'm going to have to cheer for the Jags to beat them. So, hey, I mean, what happened last well, time the Jaguars the Bills went too? But. What happened last time the Jaguars and Bills went in the playoffs? Yeah, well, it was the most boring game. The most in the boring whole game ever, but the Jaguars won. <laughs> yeah, so won. that's all that really matters. <laughs> that was terrible, but um, yeah. So, Joe, yeah. So thanks to Joe for joining us because I think he had a lot of good things out of this. Um, uh, number one, the one thing that I've noticed so far, the consensus between talking to Derek, talking to Joe, seeing all of the draft guys on Twitter, what they think so far is Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are worth a number of one overall pick. So worst case scenario, getting Will Anderson and Jalen Carter is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing. Like you have a very, very good player and both I, uh, Derek mentioned nobody the comparison kind of being like nobody has worth this number one pick since Miles Garrett or this being the, a defensive guy being drafted this high since Miles Garrett. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned last, I mentioned compared to last year's draft, I think that both these guys, I think I mentioned last episode actually, both these guys would be a number one overall pick in last year's draft. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Definitely. And so that's one thing that you have to calm yourself a little bit with then because I just saw earlier on Clay Harbor, he tweeted, uh, Clay Harbor tweeted and he asked Bears fans, you know, if the Bears don't trade back and they stay at one and they take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, are you guys mad? And there was a lot of Bears fans in the comments like, yeah, I'm mad. We can get a haul and we could do this. And I'm like, I get that because that was my initial reaction. Like my initial reaction was, no, like I don't want I don't want to do that when you have the potential of getting extra picks and like getting all of these things, possibly a player and all of this stuff. But in this scenario, we're looking at literally like if somebody's saying if somebody is not giving Ryan Poles what he thinks that number one pick is deserved of, deserving of, then he's going to say no and be like, I'm I can get Will Anderson. Yeah, and I think or really Jaylen. really what it would it comes down to is like, is the draft pick worth more than the talent you'd get at number one? Yeah. You know? And like there is a real chance that like, hey, like we carried on to four and we still could get that same player. Yeah. But if the deal's not there, the deal's not there. Yeah. And I think really what it's gonna be is just like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter 
are very, very talented players, mm-hmm. and like I'm never gonna be mad if that they're on our team. Yeah, like it's just never gonna like, happen. Dang it, you know, like been... if we pick him number one, like yeah, sure, I'll be a little bit disappointed we didn't end up going to trade. Yeah. But the other thing I will say though is like that adds a lot of pressure that like one of those two guys, whoever it is, they better be a stud. Yeah. Like they got to be the leader yeah. of this defense for a decade. Because like if you're picking a guy number one overall, that's sure. what you need to get. Yeah. Well, and and I think too, it's a lot of evaluation that's going to come because we you obviously. When you're taking a guy number one overall, which Joe talked about this, you're you're you want the best guy, but you also want somebody that's fitting that's going to make the most impact on your roster. You also and so that's why he was saying like Poles is going to do some deep comparisons of what is best for them, that interior player or that edge player. But Joe also said that edge is the deepest position, one of the deepest positions in this draft. So that's good to know because now that's making me lean even more and more towards Jalen Carter because having a guy like Jalen Carter in the middle who can, he's going to end up taking some double teams, but he did it constantly in college and still got pressure. So imagine a guy like that. Imagine what Akeem Hicks did, but probably even better because, no offense, we got Akeem Hicks kind of towards the end of things. I mean, yeah, like he, he was like, injured. He, he was, was like battling his a lot of things. So when he yeah. got to and not saying that's like old, but he had battled through some tough things and what and tough injuries and it kind of lingered and whatever. We're getting this guy fresh out of college who's going to be taking on double teams, still creating pressure and the opportunities that opens for the edge players for those defensive ends is massive yeah um and we have some guys that we thought in the beginning of the season were about to be that the problem is the entire interior was terrible so everything was on them and it just they weren't ready for that they weren't ready for all of that after losing Cleo Mack Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks within six months or whatever yeah I mean I think I very much agree with that like when you have that big of a presence in the middle of the offensive line you got to push in the middle yeah. there's really not much you can really do about it and i actually saw a mock draft i think it was got released yesterday or two days ago it was dame brugler on the athletic he had us trading down with the colts mm-hmm. and then getting another pick at the top of the second and getting a guy like aziz ojalare yeah who's someone i've seen being like a first round pick in some mocks yeah so like if we can end up trading down oh, and get a guy like jalen carter ideal. and they get a guy like aziz ojalare like yeah. that's awesome and like it's so funny when it comes to this jalen carter and will anderson thing because like for me like who I want to draft is whoever's highlight tape I watched last. Because, yeah. like, I watch them playing. I know. Like, oh, my God. I keep God. switching like, every time. It's so hard to pick. And, like, I really – it's – and the thing is, like, I do think I've gotten so excited and almost mm. expected we're going to have one of these guys. But, like, yeah. there is a chance where, like, maybe we don't get them. And, yeah. like, I'll be disappointed, but, like, we better get a haul if we don't. Well, yeah. And because – so if we move to five, I have a feeling that the Cardinals or whoever is at four, four is going – Cardinals are three. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. If we trade to four, whoever – the Cardinals, if they don't trade down, are go- – I'm guessing we'll one take of one two. of them. Yeah. Um, and if they're not, somebody is. So that unless some miracle Will Levis just like skyrockets I, up. I could and, see it <laughs> happening. I'm really like we were talking about it yesterday. Do with Derek. It. Like I would love it because if we ended up having CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis, and they're all just like, okay, any of these guys can kind of go one through three, and we have that Colts pick and it's QB, 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 and we can then take who we want like the most at that four. Okay. I would be like, that's the most ideal scenario. I'm rooting for Will Levis. Like, I, think, I think I've seen a lot of Bears fans post a scenario where it's just like, we trade down from one to two, two to four, and then the Cardinals trade down from three to like nine or something. And then we have like all these picks. We get the, it's the best case scenario, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And like, it's not incredibly likely, but like, I really wouldn't be shocked if like the Cardinals ended up doing something like that because they just got a brand new GM. Yeah. And as Derek mentioned yesterday, like they got a lot of really good pieces. But outside of that, there's not a ton, and like this GM's gonna want a lot of picks to fill out the roster he wants to make it. So like it yeah. really wouldn't shock me that let's say like the Panthers or the Raiders are like, hey, like 
we got to get up there and get our guy. Yeah. Willows is our we guy. Need somebody. It wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It really wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I, I know. And so that's there. That's the thing about draft day and draft season. There's just a million possibilities. And honestly, every year something crazy happens. At least one crazy thing happens during the draft where everyone's like whoa some years crazier there's some years where everyone's like what the heck how did that even happen but um that's what keeps us entertained for during this whole off season but but another thing that really stuck out obviously was this is something we've been talking about all season and he his words exactly was this guy can throw the football and i'm like yes this guy can throw the football like justin fields can pass the football. If you've watched him in Ohio State ever at all, you know he can pass the football. So I'm tired of the narrative that he can't. Um, and both him and Derek were very specific on it hurt him because of his surroundings. So go build around Justin Fields. That is what this offseason is about. Take your guy. You have your quarterback. Now go get all of the pieces that help him get better. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at what's happening with San Francisco right now. They have the last pick in the draft leading them through the playoffs. And people right now, I think Vegas, let's have checked, has him as Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. And Brock Purdy is succeeding because of his ex- sort of his cast. Justin Fields is succeeding despite his cast. Yes. And like, imagine if you were to stable football yeah. scenarios. Like, oh it would gosh. blow Give my mind Debo, about how much more Kittle. Like, in that <laughs> offensive line, too. Like, <laughs> it would. That. And like, it's almost like they had the chance to like make that happen or something. And yeah. they chose, like, I don't know, like Trey Lance. But who would do that? You know, yeah. Like a crazy person. But. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at this point they're laughing at everybody else because they're like, whatever, we've been able to figure out the quarterback si- situation no matter what. Well, I, just a quick question. What do you, what do you think about this all this Brock party stuff? I know it's a little off topic I mean, for he us. looks great. I- is so? that going to die? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there, I don't think there's denying that do he's looked great, you, but I do. I think everything around him definitely helps. Do you think sure. that he's going to be the, the guy next year? Um, I don't know. I'm interested with Sam Fran, but I think that, I think he's a part of it. I yeah. think in the preseason he is battling for that starting yeah, position. Yeah, because so Brock pretty much Iowa State, so yeah. I definitely have a lot more familiarity with yeah. him than most people. And like he had like a I really. I mean, at this point, I'm more impressed by him than I ever was Trey yeah. Lance. Yeah. So like his first his first Here year in NFL. Yeah, yeah. His first year um, at Iowa State, like he had like kind of a breakout season. Like came on the scene. Like everyone's like, watch out. Like there were mock drafts before the season started. Like the way too early ones that were mm-hmm. saying like Brock Purdy number one pick in two years. Watch out. Like and obviously things didn't go his way, and he ended up falling down like, yeah. way lower than I thought he'd ever get picked. Yeah. But. He never really blew me away in college. He was like mm-hmm. one of those guys that kind of like got the job done, but like yeah. was never really the reason we won. But he's doing everything Kyle Shanahan's asking. And I mean, like honestly. really at the end of the day, like with his system, it just seems like you need someone that can not turn the ball over at yeah. cornerback. And he does that. So, yeah, you need that like game manager in San Fran right now because they have everything else. Like and they supposedly... have a top defense. They have a great offensive line. You have every weapon you could ask for. They have a run game. Like anything you could ask for in San Fran, they have. So, like you pluck a guy in there that can just avoid turning the ball over and manage the game a bit and you're good and supposedly kyle shanahan wanted mac jones over trey lance and he was overruled by john lynch who was more of a trey lance guy but mac jones is very much more of the game manager type much much more similar to brock purdy than than mac jones or rather trey lance yeah that would have been an interesting one honestly but yeah so i mean i i think that it is, it's it's weird looking at the playoffs this year because the afc is just like all of the young studs like Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, upcoming, probably the next one, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. And then on the other side, we have Dak, who has just is the most like back and forth. You never know really what to expect from Dak. He'll have like an absolutely incredible game last week. And then the week before, he looked like he shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Um, and then you have Brock Purdy. And then you have who else, who else is even in there right now? Um, 
Who else is in? Oh, for the playoffs? Oh, I'm totally blanking the right NFC now. The NFC side? Did we say, I think the well, NFC the side. NFC. Oh, NFC so, side. Well, Geno's yeah. gone. Um, well, it's Dak, San- Jalen Hurts. Did we say Jalen Hurts already? No, so Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So he, yeah. I think Jalen Hurts and Dak, I guess you would say, are like guys of the NFC, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but then it's Brock and why can I not think of the other playoff team? The other, it's the Niners are playing the... It's the Eagles and Cowboys. And who are yeah. the Niners playing? We're totally playing. Oh, right Giants. Now. So Daniel Giants. Jones. Oh, Daniel Jones. Which is, Dan- he's going to stick around next year. Yeah. He's been solid. Daniel Jones is another one who, at, like, the last, after last year, people were kind of like, it's time to find a new quarterback. I was one of those people. Uh, me too. Yeah. And then even in the beginning of this season, I was like, mm, like, when the Bears played them, it wasn't Daniel Jones that beat the Bears. It was just, I, I was like, I think he had 80 yards. The 80, bootleg. The bootleg. 80 y- yards passing that season. I mean, that game. And they beat us. And I was like, what the hell? But, so it, he's a de- he's definitely just been able, and that's, he's been able to progress through the season and get better. And that's without guys. Like, that's what's crazy too, is like the Giants don't have some crazy good receiving core and he's still being able to do it. So yeah. that's one of the outliers of... Like, I, will say, I will say something from this playoffs is, like, you talk about, like, the AFC and you look at all the young quarterbacks. And, like, I feel like for the last, like, four or five years, you had, like, the guys like Joe Burrow, Justin... Or not Justin Fields, um, Josh Allen. Soon. Yeah, to- Soon. that's what actually this is literally what I'm about to say. is like <laughs> yeah. You had all those like, group of quarterbacks, like the Patrick Mahomes, all these young studs. You're like, these guys are the future of the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would get so jealous being yeah. like, oh, like... How exciting must that feel? And like now we actually have a guy who like maybe we he's not like he's not at that level yet, yeah. but like he very much looks like he's on the way. Yeah. And it's just such an exciting feeling to have. And it's so new and weird. And I, I just I don't know what to do. It's yeah. just it's it's exciting. We don't know how to handle that. Um, the quarterback being your best player type of that type never of happens thing. here. Um, one thing that's interesting uh, also is Luke Getze is a coach for the, the senior bowl. Senior bowl. Yeah. Like it, love it, because he's going to have like hands-on experience and evaluations of some of these guys in the Senior Bowl. Um, Also can make some connections with these guys and like get a little insight. So I like that a lot. It also gets, it it gets him recognition too. Like people, depending, hopefully it goes well, (laughs) because if it goes well, then people are like, man, like. Like Chicago's offense could be really fun. I like Luke Getzey. I like his well, mindset. Well, hopefully he doesn't get too much attention because you know maybe we don't want him if to look too good and end up leaving. But that's <laughs> that's true. That's the problem with the whole defensive coach thing. But, yeah. yeah, that is offensive coach. Or I'm saying that you have a hiring a defensive oh, coach yeah, as yeah, your yeah. head coach because the offensive yeah. coordinator gets picked um, off. Which I would I would assume that in the next two three if, years if Luke Getzey's go well, somewhere. If, yeah. if things are going well, Luke Getzey's probably not here anymore. Yeah, which is kind and of the way it we'll goes. be losing him. We'll be losing Ian Cunningham probably next year. Yeah, which is. He turned down the Cardinals job, which yeah. is a little bit surprising to see because I feel like you don't. I never really got the idea of interviewing for a job you don't want, mm-hmm. but I guess you were saying earlier, like you know, it was practice. But he was interviewing for what's in like every single GM yeah. opening. So I, I think for so, stuff like that, it, it's one of the situations where I think number one, he definitely wants a, that. Like yeah. he definitely wants to go to that next level. So in his head, he's like, okay, well they have to say the right words though. There's a lot, and who knows also what the Bears organization is telling him and what is going on between the two. Obviously, he's happy enough in Chicago to come back and be like, hey, hey I want to spend why another year Why don't you stay there. here so we can get those two comp picks when you leave? So that's <laughs> yeah. what I think they're saying. Yeah. Like, hey, Ryan, or, you know, like, Ryan's like, hey, like, come on back, Ian. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'd like to get those third-round picks. Yeah, so but I, I think for him, he's probably just, it's definitely great experience. He has a ton of interviews, and then ne- next year when he goes and interviews for whatever job he's going to potentially take, he'll know exactly 
what to say, what not to say, what to expect, salary-wise, contract-wise, how to negotiate all of those things. And uh, and then also, hopefully, he's coming off a good season so he can be like, well, I just did this. I, I took a team from the first overall pick. Not me alone, but my me my and my team yeah. took a team from the first overall pick to playoffs and like, or, is, or whatever it is. It's like as dumb as this sounds, like, yeah, you never think it's a good thing to lose a guy, but like... Let's say, like, he does end up being a GM. Like, that's someone who our GM has a very close relationship with mm-hmm. and, like, can get deals done with and yeah. like, knows how to, like, work with. So, yeah. like, that's an important thing to have. Yeah. He's like, hey, Ian, remember back in Remember back when we were together? <laughs> like, you know, want to toss me, like, an extra pick or two than I would have gotten from anyone else? But, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so it, we kind of got off on a tangent there. But uh, the draft talk is here. It's full on. It's full force. We're going to keep knowing. We'll have plenty of time to keep talk draft over the yes. next few weeks. Oh, yes. And we're working on a few episodes coming up. An episode on Will Anderson and an episode on Jalen Carter for all the people out there who are panicking that if we end up with one of these guys with the first overall, why you shouldn't. Um, also, which one maybe is best for the Bears this season? Um not that we are officially deciding that anyways, but... Actually, no, we are deciding that. <laughs> what we say is final, it's, and they have to pick who we pick, so... It's, uh, Did you hear that, Ryan? Yes, Ryan. Listen to us. Um, well, he's, he listens every week, so, you know. Yeah, we're his favorite podcast, I've heard. Uh, I wonder if he. I wonder if he listens to things like this ever. If he's no. just like, why would you? Why would you ever do that? Not saying like us, but no, like no, I'm not even draft saying, stuff. I'm saying like any like general. any. Why would you, I wouldn't listen to anyone because anything they're going to say is bad. Like especially after the season they just had, like terrible. Oh, like as in the people criticizing. Yeah, him. I well, mean, like, he would love our podcast then well, because we're not going to criticize him. Bro. We hi- we hype up Ryan Pauls hey, and we hype I, I will up Justin. Say, I am not one. He'd of those... be like, these. This podcast is on point. Yeah, yeah, I'm not one of those Bears fans though who is like you know an apologist and will say whatever they yeah. want to do and is right. So like. If Ryan Poles makes a bad move, I'll say it. Like yeah. Chase Claypool, I've talked about that a little bit. But yeah. I think it's done a pretty good job so yeah, far. So I'll too. stay positive for now. And I had my moment in summer where I was like, do we become a little worried because of certain situations? This was when the Tevin stuff was happening. And I didn't like that. And Byron Pringle, had we had like five players arrested in the offseason. And then Tevin wasn't getting along. Roquan was sitting out. And I remember being like, ugh. Uh, there was also something else. Um, I don't remember how to pronounce the guy's last name. The guy with the defensive tackle we signed. Over the off season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, like who didn't pass his physical. Yeah, it's like yeah. starts. It was kind of a, a crazy to say last name. Yeah, but he ended up signing a one year deal with the Steelers for like nothing. He had a great year. Did he? Yeah. Dang it. Which is but a he little... didn't pass a physical, so that's not our yeah, fault. Yeah, I know it's not our fault. But also, how did like, he pass the Pittsburgh physical? I don't. They were easier. They were, I, guess. They were, I guess what it was was just like there was something that they noticed that the Bears like maybe it was guarantees they wanted it differently or whatever okay. it was. But it was something where the pitch, pit, Pittsburgh was like, "We'll give you a cheap contract to come play for us." But like Ryan, but it Poles was identi- it was a situation. It wasn't like a contract. It was that he physically well, he could fa- not. Well, pa- like, he failed I, the physical. I think the idea is like, look what's happening with like this is a t- cross sports. We're gonna get real fancy here. But yeah. Like what's happening in Carlos Correa mm-hmm. with baseball, where it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, there's a chance that this could lead to a worse injury. Okay. So we want to lower your guarantees, oh, okay. and like that might have been the situation with the gotcha. Bears, or I don't know exactly. I'm, just, I'm yeah, speculating, yeah. but like I think he had like seven or eight sacks this year. But like. Yeah. Obviously, like Ryan Poles can identify talent. Yeah. So like, that was supposed to be our one yeah. big signing, and he would have been good if he stayed. Uh, that would have been nice. Obviously, you would have liked that, but yeah. you know, it's I'm not super. But not, only a one year deal. He, now he could go get him. He's a free agent again. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, that is making monsters. We will be back uh, next week. Not sure the the route we're going yet with this next one. Maybe it'll be a Will Anderson Jalen episode. Maybe it'll be another generic podcast one. I mean, a generic draft one. But either way, we have plenty a draft talk for you guys. So we will catch you next week. This is Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan.